Hello and welcome to The Daily Reprieve, where we provide essays, speaker meetings, workshops, and conferences in podcast format. We are an ad-free podcast. If you enjoy listening, please help us be self-supporting by going to donate.thedailyreprieve.com and drop a dollar or two into the virtual basket. Please consider donating monthly by clicking the Donate Monthly button. However, one-time donations are always welcome. Just click the Donate Now button. Now, without further ado, this episode of The Daily Reprieve. Uh, great. Thank you, Nancy. Thank you so much. And thanks for having me. I, I did share on this meeting before, but it's been a long time. Um, so I appreciate the opportunity to be of service. Um, I'm Wendy. I'm a sexaholic in Colorado. I've been sober for just over 11 years. Hi, everybody. Um, and throughout this time, I've learned a lot about myself, um, my negative attitudes and behaviors, uh, my ego, my fear. Um, and I've also learned some pretty good tools uh, through the program of SA uh, to become the person that God would have me be, not what I would want. Um, and these tools help me recognize my defects and surrender them um, to be humble, open, honest, and willing um, to surrender everything, not just defects, but everything, my entire life, my kids, my husband, my job, everything goes to God. And I know that I'm going to get everything I need. Um, so anyway, when I work the program, I also see the miracles that, that come about. Um, oh, but first I'm going to pray. God, thank you so much for this opportunity to be present today in this meeting. I appreciate you for bringing all these people to hear your word through my words. And I pray that as I share today, only your message comes through. Only your guidance and mercy is shared today. And with love and gratitude, amen. All right. Okay. So it's said that this disease is progressively destructive. And I certainly created a lot of destruction um, in the wake of my acting out. Um, many of my relationships were permanently destroyed um, because of my entitlement and rebellion, um, and, and it ended up was just too much for them. Um, family members and co-workers, friends, friends of friends, these are all examples of relationships that were destroyed. Um, uh, and I, I mean, I never wanted to socialize or have friends um, because that would cut into my acting out time. <laughs> um, so let's see. Uh, I underperformed in jobs. I would go into the bathroom and act out and be sexting and making plans. Um, and just I would stay in there for hours. So my jobs were very, um, I could have done a whole lot better. Let's just say that. Um, I became physically sick, physically sick. I had headaches and stomach aches. I was throwing up. Um, it, you know, it just was, <laughs> it just was, uh, in my body, it, you know, lust had permeated every area of my body and, um, my relationship with my husband and my kids took the biggest hit, um, because they were there when my disease had progressed to a deadly high. Um, uh, they saw it right through me. Uh, I thought, I thought being with family was obligatory. I thought I was hiding things pretty well. Um, but like I said, they saw right through me. It's hard to miss the symptoms of lying and cheating, and especially since I was showing physical symptoms. Um, and in our in our house growing up, we never had any religion or spirituality. Uh, my idea of God was uh, someone to blame when things went went wrong. 
which pretty much meant they didn't go my way. <laughs> Anything that didn't go my way was wrong. Um, and then I, I had gone to uh, church a couple of times um, and I had some pretty bad experiences there. Um, but I think that I wasn't, I wasn't hearing the message. I wasn't open to, to the message. And I think that's why I had those bad experiences. Um, so consequently, I missed out on experiencing God's miracles for a long time in my life. But there is another saying we use in this program. It's called don't give up before the miracle happens. And that was really uh, important for me. And I, I encourage everyone to make this a mantra because at least for me, I had to do a lot of hard things um, and I wanted to give up and I wanted to quit. And then I went to, I wanted to be fixed. And um, the truth of it is um, I had to do all this stuff to get spiritually fit and to stay spiritually fit. So anyway, let's see, I'm happy to report that God has brought me many miracles, but I had to do the work he asked of me working the steps with a sponsor, attending meetings, doing service, reading literature, um, participating in the fellowship and a host of other rewarding work. Um, these are all things that have brought me to this place of accepting and experiencing God's work as miracles. Um, today, I'll talk about some of the miracles, not all of them that take too long, um, uh, that have happened in my life since my relationship with my higher power has grown um, and I have nurtured that relationship. Um, they started as soon as I was willing to accept them as miracles. Um, I thought I was in charge of my destiny, <laughs> but I'm not equipped for that responsibility. Um, and I started seeing small miracles at first, um, but then God keeps bringing me bigger and bigger miracles um, as my honesty, humility, and faith grows. Um, the first miracle that God has given me is life. The places I went and the people I went with were not safe. They were lower environments. They were filled with other sick and mostly sexual uh, sexaholics, um, sexaholic people. Uh, they were dark places with a lot of drugs and alcohol and sexual and physical abuse. Um, I could have easily been killed. Um, and the miracle is how God protected me in those moments, even though I wasn't aware of it. Um, he had other plans for me, <laughs> plans that included his miracles performing through me. Um, so I'm still here and, um, it's a miracle. I first learned about SA doing research on information I got from a TV show about sex addiction. And I decided this is perfect. If I attend meetings, my husband can't leave. He won't leave me because I'm sick and marriage is in sickness and health, right? So if I'm sick, he can't leave. It was just basically another attempt at a huge manipulation. Um, it was not an honest or humble decision. I did not know how to do those things. Um, the miracle happened when I realized I was there to save my life. I'm here to save my life, not my marriage. If my marriage survives, it's a bonus. But if I'm dead, my marriage doesn't matter. So I'm here to save my life. <laughs> Um, and then, you know, miracles continue to change my thinking and behavior. I no longer blame God for things that happen. I see it's a blessing if it's good, if it's a good thing. Oh, and it's been given to me. Um, and I see a challenge or calamity as an opportunity, an opportunity to surrender, um, to be humble and be God-reliant, not self-reliant. I believe in the miracle of surrender. God will take care of me. 
I never have to worry or be scared. Um, although I do, <laughs> but that's why I still have my God. Um, and, uh, I can assure that frightened little girl inside of me, um, that we'll never be alone again and that God will take care of us. Now my addict doesn't have to take care of us anymore. Um, and I can surrender these feelings of fear and worry uh, to God and experience the miracle of serenity in the midst of calamity and chaos. Um, it's happened over and over. It's happened over and over for me. I, I cannot explain it. But when I can sit in the middle of a situation and rationally think it's, it's a miracle. Um, I've experienced the miracle of trust. Trust in my higher power first, then trust in myself, and finally trust in others. Trust has become a huge part of my recovery. Um, it involves vulnerability and humility, um, two things that were foreign to me and very uncomfortable. Um, but there's also another part of this miracle. It's, it's being trustworthy, um, having integrity. I never have to hide or lie or sneak around anymore. Um, and what a relief. Whew. It's a lot of work keeping up with all that lying and cheating and hiding and sneaking and texting and <laughs> whatever else I was doing. Um, there were a lot of things, but um, so anyway, the trust by, by being honest and humble um, and trusting and trustworthy, um, it, it also helps me physically. So I don't have to have that knot in my stomach anymore that I had almost my entire life. I had a knot in my stomach. So the physical health benefits of um, trust and surrender are innumerable for me. Um, let's see. I've been given the miracle of humility. <laughs> I used to think that meant you were funny. <laughs> uh, that's how far removed I was. Um, but I get the humility message from God in a variety of ways. <laughs> I'm presented opportunities to practice this miracle many times each day. Um, it's so much easier when I admit I'm wrong. Um, it's not easy to do, and it takes a lot of practice. But man, is it so much easier to be able to say, you know what? I don't know. And I'll find out. <laughs> you know? um, so, um, it, so when I'm, when I admit I'm wrong, when I stop trying to force outcomes, um, I become uh, less self-reliant, which was my go-to throughout my entire life. Um, I, I get out of the delusion of control um, and I can embrace that I'm powerless, but I'm not without uh, guidance and power. I, I have, I've been given the power to do God's will. Um, and I never would have thought in a million years, I would think like this. Um, so another thing that God has blessed me with is true friendships. In addition to repairing old ones and building new ones, I'm given the miracle of this fellowship. People just like me who are all moving toward the same solution to the same problem. Unity, like I've never experienced. Um, I never realized how lonely and in my head I was. And I did everything to not let others know how I was manipulating and objectifying them to try and fill this void. I always acted outgoing. I wanted to be the life of the party. Um, but inside, I was afraid. I was still just alone and in my head. And I was running. Uh, and it's hard to build lasting true friendships. Uh, when you're running constantly. <laughs> so now I can stop running. 
I can appreciate the people in my life and the miracle God's performs through them on a daily basis. Wendy, you got muted somehow. Okay. Can you hear me? I don't know what happened. But I think I it was me, I... but I think it was me, but you're you're fine now. Okay, I'm not sure where I, I left off, but um, I'm just going to start with this next section that, that is also about having um, true friendships. And it's another part of that miracle. And that is that I have friendships with other women. What a concept. In my addiction, women were competition to me. Even the wives of the husbands I was cheating with, I saw them as competition. Um, I was going to be the best thing, the, the only thing, and I was going to make them leave their wives and and their kids and because they wanted me and whew, what a delusion and what an overload of lust. Talk about it. Wow. No wonder I was physically sick, right? <laughs> so starting from when I was about five years old, um, my mom and I started a, a long time rivalry for my dad's attention and my dad's friend's attention. There were a lot of guys in and out of our house all the time. Um, so I had no interest in being friends with women because I could not manipulate them sexually. I couldn't get what I wanted. I had no feeling of desirability from them. And I only got that from men. So I had no interest. I'm not even family, female members. Um, so since I'm experiencing the miracle of true intimacy, it's not sexual for me. Um, I'm able to have relationships with women based in reality, not based out of manipulation or fear or ego, um, based in reality. And whether they're good or bad, they're real. <laughs> and, and that's the thing that I need to stay in reality. Um, so now I get to go to women's meetings um, a couple days a week and I sponsor women. Um, and I have a network of sisters and it's constantly growing. And it, I wouldn't want it any other way. <laughs> it just It gives me goosebumps right now just to think about the women in my life and how much they've made such a difference for me. So... Here are a few of the other miracles. I have experienced a calmer, slower pace in life. I noticed things I missed while I was running, constantly running. Uh, I was running through life like it was a marathon. <laughs> I didn't want to stop. Um, so now I can pause. Um, even things like when I'm typing my password. And a lot of times I would be like, type, type, type. And it would be wrong. And I'd have to erase it. And type, type, type. And I'd mistype it. And I'd erase it. And now... I just type it slow and it goes through the first time. What a miracle. <laughs> Things like stopping at a red light. If I would be stopped at a red light, originally I would be like, I'm going to be late. Let's go. Let's go. And now I see it as God saying, here's your opportunity to pause and connect with me. So I can stop at a red light. And if I'm late, I'm late. The point is I'm there to connect with God. That's, that's a, um, a moment for me where I feel God is giving me a message. So, um, I make better decisions based on rational thinking, not reactions, and I'm not reacting with selfishness or self-pity. Um, I can take the time to listen to other people without interjecting and without waiting for my turn, without interjecting my ego into the conversation. Um, Uh, fear and self-pity have turned to trust. 
And um, again, it just takes practice. This did not, none of this happened for me in a week, a month. It's one day at a time. And I've recently talked with an old timer. And that was something that I don't know why I've been hearing this in this program for 11 years, but for some reason, when it was said that day, it was like, I, I hear about people relapsing or I hear people saying, I have two years sobriety and they're not living in today. Like I'm sober today. That's it. Tomorrow I have a choice. Today I'm sober and I choose sobriety. Um, let's see. Oh, I noticed the good things in life. Like <laughs> I'm the fact that my husband cooks dinner for me every night. I mean, I just took that for granted. I just, and I would come home and I would be like, what are you making? What's for dinner? The kids are hungry, you know? And he'd be like, the kids aren't hungry. You are, and, you know, I just, I just can have so much gratitude for the things that are in my life now, even whether they're good or bad. Um, I just know um, that, that uh, God's put these things into my life um, to bring about more miracles <laughs> as long as I'm open to them. Um, I've learned to stop struggling and surrender. If I'm struggling, I'm not surrendered. It's as simple as that. If I'm struggling, I'm not surrendered. If I feel like I'm struggling, I need to stop in that moment. And even if all I say is, God, I'm surrendering. All I, all I have to do is say, God, or hi, God, or I'm with you, God. It, just, it doesn't have to be this huge, long prayer. Um, so when I'm, when I'm struggling, I like to no longer use the word struggling just because I've kind of, uh, with all this time and practice in recovery, I've, I've got a lot of practice of not struggling. So fortunately, um, I don't feel a lot of that pain anymore. Um, but I do still feel, I do still try to take back my will and I do still struggle. I'm human and I'm part of the human race and that's how I am. Um, but I also know that, um, I still have that option to go to God every day. It's a new option. Every hour, every minute, I have that option to go to God. Um, and that also is a miracle for me. So um, uh, I've learned that by giving up my self-proclaimed freedom, I'm truly free. I give up my right to know what true freedom is because freedom to me was not what God had in mind for me. Freedom to me was running wild and acting out sexually and being, you know, on drugs and alcohol and trying so hard just to be the best thing in the world to everybody. Um, I've rebuilt relationships with my husband and my kids, and they're flourishing, a miracle. Um, and they are no longer obligations for me. Um, it used to be, oh my God, my kid has a birthday. I got to hurry up and get this through because I'm meeting so-and-so later tonight. Um, so now I don't feel that way. These are not obligations for me. These are blessings. These are miracles. Um, and I really experience the joy of being a wife and a mom. Um, and I do my best. It's really hard as a mom just to stay out of the way of their higher power um, and let them take, let him take care of them, whatever their conception or non-conception of a higher power is. Um, I know that for me, I just need to stay out of the way. And I get that message whenever I try to get in the way. <laughs> God's, always, 
Thank you. God subtly reminds me when I'm trying to get in the way. Okay. So acceptance um, is another miracle for me. I can accept all things and all people. Um, The acceptance, this is a huge acceptance piece for me. Um, I have to accept that my marriage may not survive today, even even today after all this time, um, because it's a one day at a time thing. Fortunately, our relationship has gotten better. Um, I'm, he doesn't go to a program or anything, but he is very supportive of my program. Um, and uh, anyway, the marriage hasn't always been good, mostly about my fault. Um, but the miracle is that God brought us together. God has kept us together. And we are both consistently working um, on being better people than we were when we entered the marriage. So anyway, these are just a few of the miracles I've experienced um, by continuing to work the steps and practice the principles in all my areas of my life. Um, I could never tell you all of them uh, in 20 minutes. So um, I can tell you that some are big, some are small, but all of them are a gift from God and I can never be grateful enough. So don't give up before the miracle happens. Pass. Thank you so much, Wendy. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Wendy. So glad you're here. So glad you have shared. Thank you so much, Wendy. Thank you. Beautiful share. Hi, I'm Tim. I'm a sexaholic. And um, first of all, uh, Wendy, thank you so much for your talk. I heard a lot in common in your story and with mine. a lot of a lot of different relationships, a lot of damage done. Um, and my question to you is about self-forgiveness. Um, I've been in, you know, you've been in the program a lot longer than I have. I've only been in, in since August of 2015. You know, that I think I, I think that's something I'm afraid is something I'm gonna be struggling with struggling with forever. And do you ever come to that? I'll pass. Thanks for the question, Tim. Thank you. Um, I'm assuming you're talking about forgiving yourself for all the stuff that has happened um, to other people. And um, I think that the way that happened for me was through um, working steps eight and nine. Um, well, and four as well. The four set the record for eight and nine and being able to um, not only recognize that those defects were part of me, but also to be able to um, hand them away, to give them away, and to um, make up to people, make amends um, for things that I've done, whether they're um, living amends, direct amends, indirect amends. Um, that's another way that I was able to forgive myself was by working steps eight and nine. And um, I also came to believe that um, I was brought to this place, not by accident. I believe that God brought me here as a way, as an opportunity for me to change my way of life. He forget he forgave me. Um, so it's easier for me to get, forgive myself. It, it still takes practice. So I hope that answers. Thank you, Wendy. And Rajda, there's a question that came from the chat before Lee put his hand up. I've lost it. Do you see it? Uh, no, I can't see that. 
Okay. Um, I see here a question. Is the chat for everyone off? Uh, it's for person to person. It's off. You can chat with the host or co-host. Um, can Wendy ask to elaborate more on the freedom she discovered during recovery? And this is from Nata. Nata. Okay. So the freedom, I, let me make sure. I, I, by the way, I write stuff down because otherwise I forget. <laughs> I get off on a rampage. So um, wanting to know about the freedom that I've gained. Is that what I'm understanding? Okay. Yes. Um, okay. So um, the freedom, there's a couple ways that the couple of places that the freedom comes from. And it's the first thing is when I admit I'm powerless, uh, when I admit my life is unmanageable. It's, whew, what a relief. You know, I'm not these things that I'm acting out. I'm a real person. And, um, you know, um, that gave me a lot of freedom just to be able to admit I was a sexaholic. Um, it, it just, you know, I said I had a knot in my stomach my whole life, and it was because I was always lying and hiding. Um, and I thought I was free because I wasn't in a relationship and I was taught that how this is how you behave um, and that, you know, woo, I'm single, I'm free. Well, no, you know, the freedom for me came when I was um, teachable, hum humble, um, when I was able to surrender all the things that are hard in my life. I mean, that's that's true freedom for me. I don't I don't know how else to explain it is that I don't have to. um I don't know. I guess my idea of freedom was completely different than God's. And my freedom today is by having that relationship with God and accepting my powerlessness. So that's one way anyway. Thank you so much, Wendy. Um, Lee. I finally got my mind on. Uh, Wendy, thanks. Uh, that was a great share. Very clear. Uh, and uh, I wanted to comment on uh, your statement about, you know, being alive uh, after being in those uh, death situations and potentially dying. And I, too, had, I was on the verge of death more than once and uh, life-threatening. And the fact that I have the miracle of life is uh, a miracle. But the big book says, cling to the thought that in God's hands, the dark past is the greatest possession you have, the key to life and happiness for others. With it, you can avert death and misery for them. And uh, some of the miracles I've seen is being able to transmit the recovery process to people who stayed alive and were on the verge of death. And that was a miracle of seeing the program work and people who knew nothing about it until uh, I was able to transmit the power of it. Did you have experiences like that? I've got lots of people I know that are alive today that should have been dead. Let's... 
Thanks, Lee. Thank you, Lee. Did you want to make a comment on that, Wendy? Uh, well, I didn't hear a question in there, but um, I do know that I, you know, being, um, you know, like you said, uh, uh, I don't know. I just, I just, I related with that share as well, and I'm, I'm really glad that um, the message that God has given me has come out um, directly. So. Um, I didn't hear a question, so that's all I'll say. I just was wondering if you have known people yourself uh, that have recovered uh, and were on the verge of death. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, one of the miracles of this fellowship is that we are able to relate by our weaknesses. And so um, there's a lot of people I know that have shared that without God in this program, they would be dead. Um, and I, again, I just, I see the miracle of life that's given to them. And I mean, I've also known people who have died. Um, so I think it's just a matter of how, um, how willing and honest and humble I am to to being open to God's will. If that's God's will, that's God's will. But I have known people who have recovered and are thriving and flourishing um, because of this program. So. Thank you. Thank you, Wendy. I was on, I was muted. Hamed, did you have a question? Yes, hi everybody. Hamed Sipsali calling from Rome. Thank you, Wendy, for your share. I got a lot from your share. Um, I want. I would like to know about uh, other tools that you used for your recovery, other than essay. I mean, any therapy, or I don't know any other tools that you are using for your recovery. I mean, for for example, myself, uh, some of the problems from my past. I've never got solved in SA, like my, my childhood traumas, depressions, or these things. So I want to know how do you deal with them if you are doing. Thank you. Hmm. Yeah, thanks for the question. It's a good question. Um, I don't really have any tools outside of this program that have helped me. I never had tools until I came into this program. So um, I think that the, the main things that help me um, besides all the things I already talked about, the meetings, the literature, the step work, um, is faith. I have to have faith um, that uh, all of my character defects are going to be given up to God. And if I still have them, it's because God wants me to have them. Uh, for some reason, God works in mysterious ways. Um, but uh, as far as tools that I use outside of program, I, I think what I do is I just practice the tools um, outside of program. And as far as, um, you know, feeling guilty about my past and things that I've done, um, I, have a new, I have a new life now. I have a new opportunity to, to live a different way and, um, and be the person that God wants me to be, regardless of my past. And there is a saying in the promises that says, no matter how far down the scale I have gone, I can still benefit others. I, 
don't know exactly the words, but it's something like that. So um, our pain, it's like I said before, our pain and our weakness is, is a unity for us. Um, and by being united together in that pain, um, we're able to, like I said before, forgive ourselves, forgive others. Um, and, and just, um, it also says, don't shut the door. Um, but I also feel like, um, well, and that's, that's a good point. I, I use, that's another tool I use are the things that have happened are, um, things that I don't want to be anymore. <laughs> so, so if I don't want to be those things, I don't have to, what's happened up to this point is what God wanted to happen. Um, it, it may be tragic. It may be horrible. Um, but this is what God did to bring me here. And so I try not to dwell on my past. Um, I acknowledge it, but I don't dwell on it because now today I have an opportunity for a new life. And every time I choose choose God, I choose that new life. And he forgives me for everything I've done. So I hope that answers me. Thank you. Thank you, Wendy. And thank you, Ahmed, for the question. Um, we have a lot of newer folks on this meeting. So I'd like to open up for those with fewer than 30 days um, to ask a question. Same thing, we'll limit to one minute. And I do want to read a question that came early on in the chat. Thomas, sober today, don't understand the lust bit. So need an explanation of what lust is, I guess. Is that, um, well. Yeah, I just read directly from the chat. Sober today, don't understand the lust bit. Okay. So there is, I'm not sure where it is in the book. Um, it talks about what lust it's is. Four, it's either 40 or 42. Okay, thank you. Um, let's see. Uh, because for me, um, lust was, it, it came in many different disguises. <laughs> so it wasn't always about me acting out sexually. It was also about me being resentful, um, angry, fearful. I could lust over an emotion. I could lust over a car. Um, the lust is the driving force. Um, let's see. What is lust? Okay, let me see. I'm not going to read this whole thing, but um, it's a slave master that wants to control my sex for its own ends. Um, it's not being able to say no, being in dangerous situations, turning my head as if I'm sex starved, attraction to beautiful people, erotic fantasies, use of erotic media being addicted to the partner as I was to a drug, um, losing my identity and obsession, obsession with the romantic. So there, you're right. It's on page 40, actually starts on 42, but it's on 43 um, also. And so if you have the white book and, um, or you can get the white book, uh, that might, that might help. But lust for me is not sexual. It, it is sexual, but that's not the only lust I have. And for me, it was really like, I tried other S programs that did not identify lust as the problem. And I was so confused. Like what really is my problem? My problem is not really, um, that I can't text people. <laughs> I mean, what is my problem? And so when I came to SA and they described lust as being the problem, um, it was a relief. And I also recommend that um, if you're confused about what lust is to read the literature, talk to old timers, um, get a sponsor if you don't already have one, 
Um, so those are some, uh, some things I would say. Thank you very much, Wendy. Thanks for referring back to the literature and thanks for referring to basics in the program. We have another question in the chat. You said having faith. Do you mean religion? Oh, <laughs> I know. No, I, I, I don't have a religion. Um, my vision of God is not a man with a long beard and funky sandals. Um, my vision of God is uh, when I look out the door and I see the mountains, um, when I'm walking down the street with my dog and he stops to smell a flower and I recognize that and notice it. Um, the other part of faith for me is that um, I feel like I trust God now. Um, and it's not, like I said, it doesn't come from a religion. I don't have any religion in my background and I still don't practice any certain religion. I get a lot from people who have religion in their life, um, but I do not. So my faith just comes from trust. Thank you. Um, thank you, Wendy. The person that asked the question, um, I don't know if they want to elaborate on that or not. No, that's fine. Rajna, you've got your hand up. Uh, yes, Nancy. Uh, thank you. There is a question from Tamanna. She can't unmute at this hour. She says, hi, I am Tamanna from India. I have heard you in one of the workshops happened in June. And there I got your number. I tried contacting you many times. Do you like to connect with new women? And second question is, how do you deal with temptations? Thank you. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm all I would love to connect with other women. I don't know. Uh, maybe I wasn't looking in the right place or something. I, I don't know. Um, I'm really sorry if I didn't uh, respond to your message. But if you can message me again, are you message me um, through WhatsApp? I don't go on WhatsApp as often as I used to. So that might be part of the problem. Um, uh, and then how do I deal with temptation? Well, by the faith of pausing, <laughs> the action of pausing and um, being able to think, okay, and I like to call it following it to the end. Like, okay, if I'm going to flirt with this guy, then I might act out. If I act out, I'm going to be sick or I could lose my marriage. Um, so I kind of like go through the whole um, process of what it's going to be like. Um, and that also relieves my temptation because it always ends <laughs> typically in a deadly way. <laughs> so um, my temptations, I also see them as an opportunity to go to God now. Um, it's an opportunity for me to ask for, for uh, forgiveness, trust, faith, guidance, mercy, whatever it is that's happening at that moment. Um, so, so temptations are less now that I've been working the program for a while. Um, but now that I have the tools, that's kind of how I do it. I just um, recognize it for what it is, give it to God, um, and then be grateful that I had the challenge. Thanks, Wendy. Um, I'm going to interrupt again. I see a number of names that have not introduced themselves, and I'm asking if you could do that in the chat. This is for the safety of the folks that are at the meeting. If I'm calling your name by mistake, please introduce anyway. There's a Mark N, Adina S, Bayan. I believe Dan B introduced himself. Asma. Rokia, Shahad, 
and a phone number with no name with it. And I don't see the last four digits of the number. Let's see. The phone number ends in 1366. Yes, thank you. And number is ending uh, with 1366. Yes, thanks, Rajna. And I just see another name, A-L-A-A, -A, -A, a lot. So, Rajna, if you would keep track of those names, we really need to have people identify themselves. Thank you. Yeah. Um, okay, yes, Rukia? Rukia? Hello, my name is Rukia, from Egypt. Thank you. Super. Okay. And Allah, I saw your name. I mean, I saw your mic come on. Yeah, I'm Alaska Sohal from Egypt, sober since August 11, 2022. Thank you. Glad you're here. I don't see any other hands up. If there is somebody that would like to ask a second question, that's fine. Yeah, I can go next. Thank uh, you, Rajna. Yeah. Uh, hi, Wendy. Rachna here from India. Thank you for uh, your honesty and amazing share. Uh, I would like to know how you practice humbleness on a daily basis after so many years of your sobriety. I'm so glad to know you. So, yeah, I would love to hear uh, about the humbleness. Thank you. Mm -hmm. That's a great question, especially because that was a real hard pill for me to swallow was humility. Um, the way I practice it is um, by uh, admitting I'm powerless over and over. Anytime something comes up, I have to say, okay, I'm powerless. What's your message, God? What's the message, God? Um, and by doing that, I'm admitting that I don't know all the answers and I'm being humble. Um, the other things that I do, um, I do a lot of saying, I don't know. Like I used to have to have all the right answers. I used to know everything. I knew what was best for everyone. Um, but now I can say, I don't know, you know, um, and, and that's a blessing. That's another way of humility. Uh, I'm sorry. My phone was ringing. Um, let's see. Practicing humility. Um, another way that I practice humility is by being in constant contact with my higher power. If I'm in constant contact um, I'm reminded that he is my higher power, <laughs> you know, and that I, I don't have the capability to run my own life. Um, and that's human humility for me. Um, there's a lot of ways to practice humility. I just, um, I guess the main thing that I would say is just being open to other people's ways of life, other, other gods, being open to how God wants me to be. Um, and, um, that really creates an atmosphere of humility for me. So that's a couple things. Thanks, Rashada. Thank you, Wendy. Thank you. Thanks, Wendy. And I've got a question. Actually, what you just said segues right in. What does being in constant contact with God look like to you? Um, well, uh, it looks like this. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, well, it, it's, I don't know how to explain it. It's just part of me now. 
Like, um, I guess it would be if I had a flashing sign on my head, you know, that, that, uh, said that, you know, I'm in, I'm in touch with you, God. Um, and it also means that I talk to God all throughout the day and I don't always say set prayers. Like a lot of times, if I don't know what to say, I'll say the serenity prayer. And that immediately like relieves me, even if it doesn't, you know, it it doesn't have anything to do with what's wrong, but it, it relieves me of that. Um, I also, um, when I start to feel that knot in my stomach, um, or some sort of confusion, I know that I'm not connected and I have to get back connected. And it also, um, means that throughout the day, um, like I said, I do a lot of what's your message, what's your guidance, what's your message, God, because that way I know that I'm practicing God's will. If I'm willful and doing my own will. God will let me know. He will let me know in either a good way, a bad way, physical, whatever it is, I will know that I am not connected. Um, Now that I know that God is with me all the time, I just want to make sure that I'm nurturing that connection all the time. It's not just in a meeting. It's not just with my husband. It's in my entire life. So I don't know. um, Yeah, I hope that answers the question. Yeah, thank you very much. And I've got one more question. Oh, my gosh, it disappeared. Um, The answer is yes. (laughs) Let's see, where is it? Oh, my gosh. I just, no matter what to me, maybe you can help me. I think the question was, um, okay, I'm going to read it directly, and then I'm going to see if I can interpret, or maybe I can get a thumbs up in the chat from the person. Did you see the gift or benefit? through your experience being a sexaholic. Now, to actually the words, did she see the gift through her experience with the lustaholic and then, uh, or benefits? The gift of, of that, of the lust and all of the negative experiences is what I talked about. It's a miracle. <laughs> It's a miracle for me to be able to experience those things in my life. Um, and I don't, I guess I don't really understand. I think that's all the question was asking, but um, yeah. So um, I have been given a gift and it's not always pleasant, but it is a gift. And I try my best to always see it that way. Thank you, Wendy. And I saw one more hand up, a rush, and then that'll be the last of the questions. If you still wanted to ask. Yes. Yes. Thank you. Um, thank you very much for your for your sharing experience. It was um, really nice to hear that. I really needed to hear that. <clears throat> Just one question. Um, when you found SA, um, could you get sober directly or did it take time for you to... to yeah, to, to to start your sobriety continuously. Um, and I'm asking you because I just want to know if you, because that's, I, I hear also that you were living in a constant fear, being with family, kids and husband, and that fear is very toxic. And I'm exper- I have experienced that, so I just want to know how it was for you. Thank you very much. I hope it makes sense. 
It makes sense. And it's a great question. Thank you. Um, so when I first found essay, um, like I said, it was, I wasn't there to save my life. I was there to save my mar marriage, which was totally uh, another selfish thing. Um, and it's a weird answer because I got sober, but it was a dry drunk. I mean, a dry sober. I wasn't actually working the program. So I walk into a meeting. I sit down. We're doing the readings. Um, they're calling out. They're passing around the note thing for signups. And in my head, I'm thinking, these guys now not know what they're doing. This is not how you run a meeting. <laughs> um, and so I took it upon myself to run the meetings. I started um, becoming the secretary of the meeting. I was treasurer. I was literature person. Um, I was trying to start a women's meeting. Um, I was doing all this kind of service, um, but it was all just for ego. It was not for my own um, serenity. It was for ego. And even though I was sober, I wasn't in recovery, like I wasn't recovering and I wasn't repairing relationships that were destroyed. Um, so what happened consequently is after a year in the program, I lost my sobriety. And um, for me, that was a, another miracle because now I'm, I'm like, oh, upside the head with the two by four. I need to be here and I need to work the program in humility right? This, I, I don't know what's the best way to run a meeting. I think I know, <laughs> but um, no, I, I was, I was technically sober, but I don't consider it really sobriety because I wasn't recovering. You know, I took the book and I'm like, oh, the steps. Okay. Step one, read, 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 read. Okay. Got it. Read, 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 read. <laughs> you know, I thought, oh, I can read so I can work the steps. I never got a sponsor. Um, so the other thing that I'll say about this is it takes practice, like practice, practice, practice every day for me. And it, it pays off. It's not, it's not like, oh my God, I got to practice this. It's like, yes, I get to practice being a better person, you know? Um, so I think again, it's, it's, it's kind of a two-part answer for me is one is uh, no, I didn't get sober right away. And the other is I learned the hard way to get sober right away. <laughs> so I hope that answers your question. I would like to thank you for listening to this episode of The Daily Reprieve, the best source for experience, strength, and hope for SA members. Please subscribe to this podcast to be alerted of new episodes. Please show your support by donating to The Daily Reprieve by going to donate.thedailyreprieve.com and choosing either monthly donations or a one-time donation by clicking Donate Now. Thank you for listening and stay tuned for the next episode of The Daily Reprieve.